the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Guys, we're looking at the cost of a missed destiny. The cost of a missed destiny. And we're going to start from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 21. Okay, to settle them down, give me a melody. Proverbs 30, verse 21. I want alabaster box, Julie Mayer. I've been singing it a lot of late, eh? from back in the day. Okay, wonderful. So we're going to start from Proverbs 30, verse 21. The cost of a missed destiny. There are three things that make the earth tremble. No, four it cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king. Please give them verse 22. A slave who becomes a king. An overbearing fool who prospers. A bitter woman who finally gets a husband and a servant girl who supplants her mistress. Now, what these scriptures are showing you is the importance of internal changes in the context of the external changes. I'll explain. Meaning, I'll use the heartbreak scenario which came in the questions. Here is somebody who unfortunately was left a certain way. Immediately it will raise certain things. There will be a certain level of, there might be a certain level of insecurity, a certain level of wars being built and all that kind of stuff. And it's important for them to have time to heal. Now, let's say they do not heal and they remain in that condition. And then when they remain in that condition, they are with somebody else. The version of the person that that person will get might not be the best because the person has not healed. And then rather than it being a platform for enjoyment, it might be a platform to express that which was there. Somebody might be paying for sins they have not committed because a change has not taken place. Another place that needs changes, it says a slave who becomes a king. You will notice that, have you ever seen situations, let's say in a family, here is this person, they were brought up by a certain family, people who are not even their parents, and they helped them, and the person reaches a certain level in life, and they've never come back to say thank you. Then they still think a certain way. Something has not transitioned about them. And the challenge with a slave being a king is that a slave is not used to being important. They are not used to being significant. A person who's been brought up in a kingly way knows that everything he says becomes a law. A person who's been brought up as a slave knows that everything he says is not considered. So the moment he's in a position to make laws, some of the things he says might have challenges. 
What's the point? Are you really ready for the next level of life? If not, are there certain things you need to do to get yourself ready for it? Are you ready for that next phase? Because every new level will require certain changes in the way you think and in the way you position yourself. I remember one time, I was, at, I was in my first year at Unza, and I was just sharing the gospel with some people. And one lady, she was a classmate. She says, you know, I can't listen to you. I said, why? And she said, I would rather listen to what she mentioned some pastor's name. I don't know them, don't worry. It was like a cool name, like a shortcut, something. I would rather listen to him because at least for him, he used to womanize, he used to go to the clubs and all those things. So when he comes to teach us, he tells us, guys, look, I used to womanize. This is what I used to tell ladies. This is this, this is that. So at least he knows what he's talking about. Whereas for you, you are not doing that kind of stuff, so you can't really teach me. I went before God to pray, and I asked, saying, God, uh, this person here has challenged me. You know what? He answered me. God actually asked me a question. He said, I would want to know from you, was Moses ever a slave? Those were his exact words to me. Was Moses ever a slave? And I said, no. And he said, what happens to the ones who are actually slaves? Majority of them still died in the desert. Because even though they had left Egypt, Egypt hadn't left them. So they still had to my, slave, to my Egyptian slave masters in their minds. What's the point? Let's say you're in this place and Muchalo Waliendele Oh Waliendele If now I want you to hear me and hear me well. If the premise of your preaching is about what you did, it's it's almost as if if you're not careful, you might find yourself in a situation where almost all your sermons is you giving an explanation or giving an explanation or a justification. Now, sh should your testimony touch people? Yes. If, let's say, let's say you come out right, oh, me, there was ABCD. But only in such a way that it produces a generation that doesn't have to do the things you did. What am I trying to say? No matter how powerful the testimony is, the biggest testimony that will ever be there is the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if your emphasis is not the Lord Jesus Christ and your emphasis is only, I used to drink, I used to drink, I used to drink, my goodness, you'll be very shallow as a minister. Because it means there's not much to you apart from the fact that you used to drink. There should be more. You think Paul went about in every village preaching, hi, I used to kill, I used to kill, I used to kill, I used to kill, I used to kill. No, it was the Lord Jesus did this, the Lord Jesus did this, the Lord Jesus did this. And it shouldn't surprise you that that person ended up not changing because they preferred the environment of that pastor because it was making them feel comfortable with what they were doing. I'm going somewhere. It's interesting that God chose Moses who, who knew the palace. Now, we may have come from different contexts of life, but there is such a thing as the renewing of the mind. And there are a number of us who need to renew our minds. Now, the premise of this introduction is this. One thing that would change person is an overwhelming sense of destiny a sense of destiny. Now, destiny, which is where you see a similar word like destination, is really where you're going. Now, knowing where you're going is very important because if you don't know where you're going, firstly, how will you get there? Secondly, how will you prepare for what you will find there? Imagine you know that you're traveling to a Scandinavian country in the winter. There is a special that you'll buy because you know that in those countries it's colder and it's not the heat of Zambia. Meaning you will not pack for where you're coming from, you'll pack for where you're going. Yes, 
Praise the Lord. So there is a certain sense of destiny that believers need to grow in. And this will cause them to think more like kings than servants. To think more of where they are going than where they are coming from. Turn to your neighbor and ask, tell me about your destiny. I'm very serious. Let them have it. For one minute, let them tell you one or two things about their destiny. If they don't know, let them say, I don't know. As I have some 84. Some 84. Come on, you're a student. Is your destiny to get a degree? Is that really all there is to it? Okay, let's have Psalm 84. Uh, follow me, please. Follow me, please. Psalm 84 and verse 5. Psalm 84 and verse 5. Uh, the New King James, please. Psalm 84 and verse 5. So the Bible says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a journey. There is a blessing that comes by just having a sense of destiny. So whose heart is set on a pilgrimage? Let's continue. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, the word Baca means weeping. Weeping as in crying. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Next verse. They go from strength to strength. And what's their final destination? Each one appears before God in Zion. Now remember, our appearance before God will not be empty-handed. Because scripturally, we'll each have something that... First, you can't appear before him empty-handed. Secondly, we'll each have something that will pass through the fire and our works will be tested. I want to explain something from this verse because it's very important. You know, if... Um, let me make this statement. It's very funny, but I want you to hear it. There are times, especially when pastoring, there are times you'll feel like, okay, this one, I'm trying to help them fulfill their purpose and lead them to their destiny. Then you'll be like, this one, if they can just make it to heaven. Let me put it like this. Making it to heaven is the bare minimum. If your goal is, look, I just want to be fighting sin all my life and then at the last minute if I can just make it to heaven. That's, you've set the barrier quite low because that's, here's what you're supposed to do. Of course you're on your way to Zion. But as you're going there firstly, you're not going there weak. You're going there from strength to strength. Meaning as you go, your, your sense of destiny gains momentum. Your purpose gains momentum. And then secondly, as you're going, there is something you're influencing in your environment. There are environments that you're finding which are in a place of weeping. And you're manifesting your purpose in such a way that those environments change from a place of weeping to a place of happiness. Meaning, as you are on this journey of making it to heaven, what are you going to do between here and there? What are some, what, who are the lives you're going to change? What are the environments you're going to change? What are the policies you ensure come into place? What are the policies you will fight off? By the time you're, by the time you're making it to heaven, some policies shouldn't be there anymore. Whose rights will you fight for? Whose school fees will you pay? All those are very important questions to ask. If it means you sit down and say, look, I don't know much about my destiny yet, all I know is one way or another, there are two people in this world who will go to school because they met me. At least you've started from somewhere. So, 
The sense of destiny is not just about you making it to heaven. It's about you having an influence on the environment around you. How many souls will you win? How many lives will you change? Turn to your neighbor and say destiny. Turn to another one and say destiny. Praise God. Now, when it comes to destiny, here is something that you should know. Now, I'm using words like destiny as a culmination of everything. Purpose, assignments, and all those things. I'm using it as a culmination because it's the final. When it comes to destiny, here is something you should know. It's always bigger than you think. I'll say it again. It's always bigger than you think. As a matter of fact, God encourages big-mindedness so that he can deal with it and shock your big-mindedness. It's always bigger than you think. I love to compare destiny to the small intestines in your body. Can somebody touch their small intestines? Just tell me when you've touched it. Kill the lights. Okay, has anyone managed? To be honest, I don't even know where they are. <laughs> but how many of you know that you've got small intestines in your body? Do you know you've got large intestines in your body? Now, before we have the trivia question, ask your neighbor, what's bigger, the large intestines or the small intestines? Ask. Emmanuel. Okay, now, now I want you to see something. Um, if you are to unpack and unfold your small intestines, they become taller than a giraffe. <laughs> they become taller than a giraffe. As a matter of fact, some argue that if you had to completely flatten them, you can have a tennis court. A tennis court. You can have a tennis court if you had to flatten them. Let me say that again. These same small intestines which are in you, if you had to unfold them and put them in length, they become taller than a giraffe. Now, I know you don't like to think of your small intestines very often. But why have I used that example? Because that which is in you... Hey. <laughs> hey. I, I've just used that as an example to show you that there is that which is in you which is bigger than you think. And the same way small intestines are unfolded. Destiny also works like that. It's unfolded. It's revealed. Sometimes it comes in stages. You may know the end from the beginning, yes, but it's unfolded, it unfolds, it's progressive. The will of God is progressive. That's why you shouldn't panic if you don't know everything about your future. It unfolds, it unfolds. And the more it unfolds, the more it gets bigger than you. I'll tell you this, if destiny has been pulling you towards projects of 10,000 kwacha, just know that once you reach there, it will start pulling you towards projects of 100,000. That's just the way it works. It, it never goes back in reverse. It goes from strength to strength. As it stands, can you imagine Apostle Frederick and the City of the Lord Church decide to host Dominion Conference at, not, not like a Dominion night, but we decide to host our epic Dominion Conference. And the place that we choose to host it from is Nyumbayanga School Hall. It's cheaper. <laughs> what? For those who don't know, that's why I did a lot of my meetings. Before that, it was DK. That's why I did a lot of my meetings. But it can't happen now. The, 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 it's gained momentum. The destiny has gained momentum. So destiny is revealed progressively. But it has to gain momentum. It unfolds. As I'm speaking right now, there's a place of your destiny that's unfolding today. There are things you're knowing about yourself. Can you imagine there are certain things about you that you don't know? Pray this prayer. Say, Father in heaven, introduce me to me. Wow.
Wow. Now I've got a very important question for you. Like, who are you? Like, who, who are you? Are you always going to be a flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow? And the like. And, and you know, if you're not careful, you can always associate with anything that sounds small, anything that sounds weak. Your favorite quote is broken crayon still color. If that is always going to be your favorite quote, there will be a challenge somewhere because there's an element of destiny that needs you to say in the volume of the books, it is written of me. There are certain Goliaths that you can't approach with meekness. There are some Goliaths you can't approach with humility. If you've studied in the scriptures, the Bible says when David reached Goliath, Goliath is like, you, am I a dog that you've brought me this one? You've brought me this boy. And then David on the other side is like, ha. Ah. <laughs> David is like, look, you're looking at the stones. That's the problem. And he says, I've not come to you with swords, but I've come in the name of the Lord. And David didn't even have a sword. And yet he says, I'll cut your head off and I'll feed it to the birds. I am Goliath on the other end is the Bible says he started walking towards David. And David ran towards Goliath. I don't know if you are hearing me. Goliath walks him, he runs. There are certain things that you can only approach with confidence. And David, David slings his, 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 his guys, literally, it was a slingshot. And this was a giant. And when the stone goes, we don't know what momentum came into that stone. Because this was a giant with armor. How did the stone break through the armor, pierce, and not give injuries, but kill the giant? There was, it went from strength to strength. There was a momentum that was released. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things in life that you will never approach as a slave. You have to approach it as a king. And destiny is one of those things that you have to grab a hold of. There is a boldness that destiny needs. Praise God. You can take your seats. Hey! Glory, glory, glory! <laughs> Woo! Let's continue. No, no, no. I'm not missing my destiny. No, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Nothing dies in my hands. No, 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 no. I've got that grace of a master builder. There's nothing that I put my hands on that can't work. Nothing dies in my hands. No, 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 no. It's not possible. <laughs> Glory! And you know what I've realized about destiny? Destiny has got this thing. It can push you. Destiny can give you a lift even where you... <laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> now, let's continue. I want you to think of these scriptures. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things in the world that will never happen until certain people come into their prophetic place of destiny. Look at this. Joseph was always destined. Joseph was always destined. It was script. Joseph had already told, he had the dreams, the stars, the Shanuko, all of them bowing before him. But can you imagine the boldness it took to interpret dreams in prison? The, he was sharpening his skills while in prison. They even forgot him, he didn't remain bitter. When they came to get him, he didn't say, ah, after you forgot me, go interpret your own dreams. The boldness of a prisoner who's from another country to tell Pharaoh what his dream means. I don't know if you've thought about it. Think about this. He was a foreigner. One. Two, he was sold as a slave by his own brothers. Who on earth is he? Now the boldness for him, even, but to be fair, even the boldness of Pharaoh's cupbearer to recommend the prisoner to Pharaoh. There are some people, your, part of your prophetic destiny might be you're the one who recommends. You're the one who pushes others to where they're supposed to be. You're the one who's the connection. The one with CVs in your boot. 
You carry random CVs in your boot because you know the kind of people you meet. Do you know some people that, can, that, that might be it? There are some people who are introducers. They introduce others to others. Others who you find it's in their destiny to just recognize greatness. Like Simeon. Just recognize, no, that, that one is great. Treat, do it like this, 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 this. So now, Joseph then becomes, according to what we think, he was Pharaoh's right-hand man. But that wasn't the case scripturally. That was, his destiny wasn't to be Pharaoh's right-hand man. His destiny wasn't to be under Pharaoh. And Joseph knew what he was. Even if everyone didn't know, he didn't need to announce it to Pharaoh. He knew what he was. Look at what he says in Genesis verse chapter 45 verse 8 listen they don't all have to know why you're in that office but you can know you can know me i'm the gatekeeper here nothing enters without my permission and it says so now it was not you this is joseph saying it was not you who sent me here but god and then he recognizes his destiny even above his earthly position. He said, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh. Joseph's destiny was to father Pharaoh. <laughs> Think about this. Ladies and gentlemen, if Joseph had come to Pharaoh and said, the dream you had shows me that you've got seven kids. The first is named Zephaniah. The second is named Zechariah. The third is named Zebudiah. And the fourth is I've run out, right? Then at least that would have been a sign. Joseph didn't even tell Pharaoh that the sign that this word I'm giving you is accurate is maybe the sun would do a somersault three times. No. What was it that made Pharaoh believe Joseph? Joseph comes and says, seven years will be this, the next seven years will be this. It, it took 14 years to prove that word. What made Joseph, what, what do you think made Pharaoh believe Joseph? Joseph, in his destiny, had been given grace to father him. Do you know that there are some of you who can be in a meeting where they all don't believe in something? They all don't believe in it. Then you, the moment you talk, ah, but whatever come, but people sense. Why? Because you've got a destiny maybe to father a generation. What do you think caused the people to believe when I told them, guys, so, okay, we're studying in a church, the church is city of the Lord, church on ABC. I didn't even believe it that much. What do you think caused them to believe? God had given me grace to father them. So when the father says, we're moving, you've moved. And he says, jump, you're already in the air saying, how high? <laughs> so Joseph was given grace to father Pharaoh. Look at Judges, chapter number 5, verse 7. The Bible says, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose arose a mother in Israel. Now, notice, the scripture doesn't say prayers ceased. Meaning, the transformation that Deborah brought was beyond the mountain of religion. It was societal. Because the entire village had come to a standstill. People couldn't plan the way they normally plan. People couldn't build the way they normally build. People couldn't function the way they normally function. Because what that area needed was a mother. It didn't even need a prophetess. It needed a mother. She had to arise in her prophetic destiny of motherhood. Praise God. Do you know that there are some people who've been called in their prophetic destiny to mother people whom they've not birthed physically? By that I mean, apart from their physical children, there's a thousand people who've been crying, Oh God, God, I just need this comfort. God, I just need this. And everything they're asking for is motherly. And you'll find God prefers that rather than sending an angel to come and say, Oh... Give me a hug. Because the person might start worshiping the angel. What does he do? He will raise someone as a mother. Someone who just have this compassion that's beyond blood. So village life ceased until I deborah. Now, for now it may not be an entire village. Like can you imagine there's somebody right now out there who might be struggling because you've not risen. 
in your purpose, in your destiny. Imagine that guy in your class who's always getting very bad grades. Perhaps it's part of your destiny to take 20 minutes of your good time to just show him that formula. You never know how many people he will raise because he passed that exam because you helped him. Imagine that. Somebody say destiny. Destiny. Maybe someone might ask, does it always have to be free? No. David didn't kill Goliath for free. Oh, you know David didn't kill Goliath for free, right? Before killing him, he asked what would be done for the man who would do ABCD. <laughs> okay. Now, just a few thoughts I want to leave with us for today. Because today I really just wanted to leave us with thoughts. The cost of not following your destiny, number one, people suffer. There are people who suffer because you've not followed your destiny. Oh God, may I meet those I'm supposed to meet. May I impact those I'm supposed to impact. May I add value to those I'm supposed to add value to. May you use me to open the eyes of those whose eyes I'm supposed to open. That person who's sick who I'm supposed to meet, may I meet them. The person who's broken, may I meet them. The person who's lost, may I meet them. People suffer because someone has not arisen in their destiny. That's one of the things. Secondly, there are certain dimensions of God that will never be known until people arise in their destinies. I'll touch more on that at the Dominion Conference. Thirdly, when you don't arise in your destiny, somebody else will have to carry a bigger burden because they're not just carrying theirs, they're also carrying yours. Let me say that again. When you don't arise in your destiny, Somebody else will have to carry a bigger burden because they're not just carrying theirs, they're also carrying yours. I'll use, let's say, church setup. If two people show up for setup, it means that the work that they were supposed to do is multiplied. They have to do more than they did before. If they do that for eight weeks in a row, they get physically tired. And now, before you know it, whenever they think church setup, they're thinking that place that tires me out. Before you know it, someone is not enjoying serving in church because you're not doing your part and only they are. But God gives grace. When you don't follow your destiny, there's a certain level of satisfaction that your heart will never have. John chapter 4. I want us to see something quickly. John chapter 4. And I want us to look at verse verse 7. John chapter 4 verse 7. I want you to see this. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Uh-huh. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Why? Jesus was hungry. As a matter of fact, when you read earlier, it tells you that he was tired. Read verse 6, just verse 6 for context. I want you guys to follow me on this one. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So Jesus is tired and Jesus is hungry. And then he begins to minister to a woman. I'm sure you know the ministration. It's the one on true worship. And then verse 31. First, when they came, they were shocked that he was talking to the woman. Reason being, um, perhaps 
they were surprised because this woman was probably known for being maybe a bit of a harlot or something like that. Destiny will make you talk to people who people think you shouldn't talk to. Now, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Let's continue. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Next verse. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Next verse. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You guys should post that scripture the next time we're fasting. So now, <laughs> my point is this. There was a need for rest. There was a need for eating. Now, I'm not, uh, we'll teach on how to balance things up, but at least there should be something to balance. Eh? There was a need for rest. There was a need for eating. But there was something about Jesus manifesting his destiny that revitalized his body in that moment. And suddenly, he didn't need to eat. He didn't need to rest because he had preached. My point is this. Destiny will make you, it, it can make you break barriers you never thought you could break. Reach places you never thought you could reach. Because destiny satisfies. For as long as you're not pursuing purpose, destiny, assignments, there's a satisfaction you'll just not have. If your destiny is to open a school and have 500 people learn for free, no matter how many PhDs you get, you will not be satisfied with just your PhDs. Your satisfaction will come when you start seeing your to my kids getting their PhDs. But get your PhD. <laughs> if it's in your destiny, to transform the transport industry, making lives easier for others through your business enterprises. No matter how many luxury cars you buy for yourself, something won't be fulfilled. If part of your destiny involves you having a lot of money, no matter... <laughs> no, listen, let's say for you to actually do certain things, you need to be at a place, let's say, of 5 million US dollars, for example. Even if you're at 500,000 and everyone is comfortable with it, everyone sees you as the wealthiest, they'll be amazed, you're still working hard. You're still trying to do this, do this, do that, do that, do that. Because you'll never be satisfied until you fulfill your destiny. And finally, ultimately, if you delay to do your destiny, you'll be replaced. Esther 4 verse 14. For if you remain silent, completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to a kingdom for such a time as this. Ultimately, God will ask Samuel saying, why do you keep weeping over Saul? I've called somebody else. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to end with a few thoughts. Remember that destiny is such a big thing that Satan will try to make you feel, and I'll use the words I wrote here, Satan will try to make you feel stupid for pursuing purpose. I'll say it again. Satan will try to make you feel like you're foolish for pursuing your purpose. You can start feeling like, how come you're the one who just overdoes it? You're the one who overshouts amen. What if your destiny was to encourage me with your amen? <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> you can find maybe there are days also the pastors is preaching like, oh, are they getting it? And then there's always a direction they look in. When that ca amen comes like, yeah, we're going on. <laughs> But here's the thing, if Satan and even the world, if they can make you feel foolish over your destiny, instead of Satan being your greatest enemy, you will become your own greatest enemy. Because you will feel foolish for doing what you're supposed to do. You will feel, am I too helpful? Am I too kind? Do I over preach? 
Am I too spiritual? Am I too this? Am I too this? Am I too this? That's one thing you always try to do. Let's have an exercise. Let's have an exercise. Get your phone, your paper, your pen, all those things. Okay. I'll give you a minute to think. And it's a short exercise, so of course. But I want you to think of five things that you really love about yourself. Five things that, that you really love about yourself. Five things that, that the world needs that's in you. Think about it. And then start writing them down. Write them anywhere. If you don't know how to write them, send a text message to yourself. Say, at Bwanjuwoi. <laughs> five things, five things, any five. If you are struggling to think of any, that's already a challenge. It's already a warfare that you are starting to overcome right now. If there are too many that you're wondering which of the five, you're starting to do well. Guys, I'm serious about this. I'd like everyone to try that. Any five things. Any five things. <laughs> eh. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're wondering that I'm checking. Malemba. You've got one moment. Let me see one of them. Especially in the first one. At the six. Okay. Some of the things, if you had to read them, you'd think, do these people feel themselves? Or maybe do you see yourself too low? Anyone else wants to show me? Just show me one. Come on! It's very important. Wow, I like that. The world could use a bit of that. I like that. That's very important, actually. Anyone else aside? Uh huh. Okay, wonderful. Anyone? Let me see. Come on. Mm. Okay. Dear, 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 dear. You're on number seven. I'm giving you one more minute. If you want to increase them to 10, I know what I'm doing this. One more minute. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Inspect my wife's. There's even an emoji. Eh. Okay. I haven't finished with you. Just in one point. Okay. You must see the other points as well. See? I I need to experience this a bit more. Okay. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Okay. Yes. Wow. In a sense of style. That's the last thing that's written on a pistol. Because Shema is always summarized. What's this? What is CVM? What field is it? Customer value management. Okay. We're almost done with the exercise. Have you written? Okay. 
Now, I want you to do this exercise very quickly. You've written those five things, right? Talk to yourself. Tell yourself those things. So I acknowledge I am this. I acknowledge I am this. I acknowledge I am this. For now, no tongues. <laughs> I want you to hear your own words. Just talk to yourself, just for a minute. You're too silent. Are you afraid of people hearing? What's wrong with them hearing that you've got a sense of style? What's wrong with them hearing that, are, that when it comes to being intelligent, you are the one? Come on, say it out loud. Don't be ashamed of it. Some of you, something needs to break. You're too ashamed of what's in you. Not you're free to say it loud. You're free to say it loud. I should be able to hear you. This side, some of you are not talking. <laughs> Have they finished? Start again. I haven't heard you talking. Sorry? Yeah, innovative, lovely. You adjust to situations. Tell me one of them. Executive stamina, easily able to connect ideas with people. How of these things, put them on your CV. Yes, next. Intelligent, talented, lovely. 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 Now I pray for you all in Jesus' name. Let destiny awaken in you. Let purpose awaken in you. For some, you're about to experience a burden, even right now. Let it manifest in you as a burden. Let it manifest in you as a burden. Something that you can't contain until you fulfill it. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Let it manifest as a burden. The first part I'm sensing is as a burden. For some, it manifests as a burden. In the name of Jesus, burdens of the Lord. Burdens of the Lord. Let it manifest as a burden. For others, it manifests as a strong drive. Let it manifest as zeal. Let it manifest as motivation. Let it manifest as creativity. Let it manifest as stamina. Let it manifest as ideas. Let it manifest as connections. There's a sense of destiny. A sense of destiny. A sense of destiny. I stand against anything that opposes. That voice that keeps speaking. That voice that keeps accusing. That voice that keeps limiting. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke it. Let destiny arise. Let destiny arise. That sense of eternity is gaining momentum. That sense of eternity is getting stronger. That sense of purpose is growing from strength to strength in the name of Jesus. There is a momentum about it. There is a momentum about it. This last quarter of the year, in the name of Jesus, grace to achieve even more than you achieved in the first three i release that grace in jesus name there is a momentum there is a momentum there is a momentum an overwhelming momentum in the name of jesus that sense of belonging i release it some of you have been disturbed there's a sense of belonging. In all the places where you're supposed to belong, I release that sense of belonging. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That grace for Joseph to forgive his family, I release it. I release it. I release it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you have been blessed? Just... Wonderful. I need to be closing. I would like to ask if there is anyone who wants to be born again today. You want to confess Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. 
and from today you want to live a godly Christian life as a believer. Now for some perhaps you are brought up maybe even religiously but you turned away from this path and today is the day of saying no Lord this your child is back. So whichever of the cases it is I would like you to raise your hand if you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus today. I'll give you a few seconds. Just raise your hands, please. If you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus today. I can see some of us are in thought. If you are in thought about it, it's probably you. Okay. So I'll give us a moment. Anyone wants to give their life to the Lord Jesus today? Turn, ask your neighbor if they're born again. Do an enrich. Wonderful. I would like you to just lift your hands to the Lord. And then I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord from today. I'm born again. Amen. Now in the name of Jesus, your week is blessed. In the name of Jesus, all is well with you. In the name of Jesus, you are not a victim of unfortunate circumstances. You are not a victim of wicked men. For not all have faith. But you experience the blessing of the Lord. You experience the provision of the Lord. You experience the perfection of the Lord. Now in the name of Jesus, your health is blessed. Your mind is blessed. Your relationships are blessed. Your homes are blessed. In the name of Jesus, your homes are blessed. Your children are blessed. Your marriages are blessed. You are blessed at the office. You are blessed in the field. You are blessed in the corporate world. You are blessed in the world of business. You are blessed in everything that you do. Your academics are blessed. Those who are starting exams, in the name of Jesus, you are blessed. You pass with flying colors. Even the areas that are gray, you experience the mercies of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise the Lord. Of the Lord Church on zero triple seven nine three zero eight eight two. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the city 